the subject of uh, living an unhurried life and 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 having the time to actually uh, be used of God wherever we work, live, and play, and seeing the hurting person. We talked about uh, the Good Samaritan. Three of us really unpacked the Good Samaritan, but one went a little bit different way. Uh, same subject, a little bit different content, but it all came back together. I'm excited uh, to talk about that today. Welcome to the Real Life Overtime Podcast, the place where the members of the Real Life Ministries sermon team go deeper into the weekend sermon. Watch them as they unpack, unfold, and unravel the weekend sermon like never before. So fasten your seatbelts, hit play, and join us for Real Life Overtime where every episode is an adventure and this sermon doesn't end on Sunday. Here with me today uh, are some of our guys that are uh, preaching at the other campuses. We have a whole preaching team. And and so today I have Gabe Klebe, who is the campus lead for our Hayden campus. And I have Titus Ledger, who is not the lead at the North campus. He runs all the youth ministry and several of the ministries there, but he was the one who preached this last weekend. And then uh, I have Blake Whiteman, who is the head, uh, the campus lead at the Coeur d'Alene campus. And so he was preaching at the Coeur d'Alene campus this week. And of course, I was preaching here at Post Falls. Uh, you may not be aware of this, but every week, all of us come together and we spend time working on the sermon. Um, we believe that uh, occasionally it's okay to have one sermon, uh, you know, at all the campuses, and and some, usually it's me uh, when we do an introduction to a series. But we believe in reproducing disciples and reproducing preachers. This has helped us with campuses, church plants, missions, and so uh, being dependent upon a personality other than Jesus's personality and His person is not the way we do things here. So we work together on sermons, and we have a this teaching team. Um, and as always, we've worked on this sermon from this last week, and uh, we're in this series called "Unhurried: The Unhurried Life." And as we go into this new year, we've been talking about some new rhythms that. Uh, cause us to quit being so frantic and, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep and, and yeah. slow down and abide in Christ, make some changes to our life that make us, uh, that help us be capable of relationship with God. It requires time to be in relationship with God. It requires time to be in relationship with each other. And, and then it, it requires uh, submitting to the Lord and creating some flexibility so it can actually be a part of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. to join him in his mission. But so often we're so busy, active all the time. We're just exhausted. We don't have time for any of those things. And so uh, this last week we we talked about um, um, being available to the Lord to, to serve him. Three of us here talked about uh, the Good Samaritan. Um, and, and Gabe, you kind of uh, went a little bit different direction. Why don't you describe a little bit uh, what you went through? Yeah, well, we talked about uh, being unheard enough to care was the topic of the of the sermon this week. And so I just talked, I told three stories of how Jesus modeled it. And it was really based off of the great commandment in Matthew 22, where he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So I just took the great commandment and said, what is it that Jesus tells us to prioritize as far as what we care about on this side of eternity? And uh, so I just said, he cares about our relationship with the father. Uh, he cares about our relationship with other people and investing and serving other people. And then he actually cares that we care about ourselves and and that we invest in ourselves. And so um, we just told three stories of how Jesus modeled that 
and how he got away with the father and spent time praying, even though there was so many demands around Jesus and he was doing so many things. Uh, I said, Jesus could have been more effective with his time. He could have healed more people. He could have preached more sermons. He could have taught more lessons, but he actually took time away from those things to go spend time with the father and not being hurried going from one thing to the next to the next. And then we talked about how Jesus was unhurried enough to care about other people. And, and instead of rushing to Jairus's house to heal his daughter, which was a super urgent and important request, he spent time walking to Jairus's house. And that allowed for the woman with the issue of blood to be, uh, to be in that crowd and for Jesus to be available to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as Jesus is again, another story where Jesus is crossing the lake and he's in the back of the boat and he's getting ready to do ministry on the other side of the lake and he's sleeping. Jesus took time to care for himself. And it's kind of a weird thought of like, doesn't that sound selfish or vain, but God's given us a, a body and mind and a spirit to, to steward and to take care of. And he actually says, love others as you love yourself. Right? Love yourself. He yeah. actually loves you and knows that he built you a certain way and he wants you to actually care for yourself. Right. You, you said something that I think um, we all agree with. What does it look like to be available, to be used by God, to slow down and see the things that are around us? And, and Jesus actually, the rest of us preached on, you know, the good Samaritan. And um, in that story, uh, Jesus is um, being asked, being tested by a Pharisee who who, you know, is, Jesus asks him a question, how do you read it? You know, how do you read the scriptures? Uh, when I love how Jesus answers a question with yeah. a question. The guy says, love God, love others. And Jesus says, go and do that. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and then the man wants to justify himself. And he says, well, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we heard this last week, this is a question you heard after the weekend service that we kind of discussed yeah. a little bit, is that uh, Jesus didn't actually heal every person he came uh, in contact with or every person in Israel. Why don't you explain a little bit, yeah. Titus, what you heard there? Yeah. One of my fears was that people would leave Sunday thinking, every time I see a homeless person, every time someone asks me for money to feed the hungry, that I have to now partake in that, or else I won't be fulfilling the love your neighbor as yourself. But there are so many people after Jesus dies and then resurrects into heaven that the disciples then go on to meet blind and lame people and keep on healing. And so the thought is, you know, what was the filter that Jesus used to say, yeah, I am going to heal this person and I'm not going to. And obviously Jesus heals everyone who comes in faith to him. I never read of account that he doesn't heal a person who comes in faith. But he doesn't like go sequentially through the city healing every single person. Or like you said, Peter wouldn't have had anybody to heal right. at the at the gate right. because he was in Jerusalem yeah. and that guy wasn't healed. And and when they, he feeds the crowd, you have two opportunities where he does with the loaves and the fish. And then they come a third time and then he doesn't. And they're still hungry, but he chooses not to feed them at that time. And I thought it comes back down to John 6 where he says, I came to do not my own will, but the Father's will. And so we, when we see need, we're asking the same question, Lord, is this your will that I get involved here? And every time he says yes, then it is on us to get involved. And uh, like it says uh, with the King James version in first Corinthians 13, four love suffers long. Like, am I willing to suffer long in the work of God? Yes, I want to be. Uh, But if God is saying no pass on by, that doesn't mean I don't love that person. God has got a story that they're writing. And I love what we were chatting about earlier that you say sometimes actually loving somebody 
what we think is loving can actually be harmful towards them. Right. And so we got to be wise in the way that we love people to trust that God knows best uh, as we engage them. Cause sometimes God saying, no, Titus, this one's not for you. And I've got other things for you to do. Yeah. I was thinking about in my, uh, in my past, Mm. you know, my son, Christian, who's in ministry now, he's one of the blessings of my life along with my other sons. Um, he was being rebellious and he, and he ran away. And it was interesting how other parents would allow him to come and stay there. Mm. Right. They would come and, and he was able to, you know, couch surf and nobody ever called me to go, Hey, what's going on yeah. with your son? Um, they would, you know, listen to whatever my son had to say, which was usually a lie. And he would, he would tell you that he'd make up some story and, and they, they're like, well, I got to help the kid. Well, sometimes helping isn't helping. Mm. You know, um, I, I remember having to say to some folks when my son was in a homeless shelter and we had left him there, we had tried everything, rehab program, sold my house with so that I could pay for his rehab and we, you know, all this stuff. And they see this guy living there and they all automatically, you know, we got to help everybody that, no, um, Jesus in the story of the Good Samaritan mm knew the backstory. That guy had yeah. been robbed and beaten and left for dead, right? And so then he tells the story. A lot of times we don't ask the right questions. Is God working? Is God bringing somebody to the bottom so that they can, mm -hmm. you know, we just, is there some who don't want to help? They cross over. And then there's some who aren't wise enough to go, who do I help? When do I help? What do I need to know about this story? Because helping can be enabling, you know? Um, uh, sometimes they need to suffer. They need to stay in jail. Yeah. They they have to they have to deal with the consequences of their actions so that they turn to God. And if we keep rescuing them before they hit bottom, then they never hit bottom. They've never had to. You're actually carrying the weight, bearing all the stuff that that they should have been bearing. So getting wisdom, especially with children, children push all the buttons. You know, I, I wrote that book, Hope for the Prodigal from everything that I learned about what not to do uh, and what my dad did and how do you walk through all that. Children press your buttons and oftentimes we'll rescue, but we do that in the church as well. But mm -hmm. again, we're to be, okay, God wants to use us and we need to join him in the process and slow down enough to be able to jump in where he showed us, shows us the hurting. Uh, and, uh, and then be, Lord, what do you want to do here? How do you want us to be involved? I really like what you said about, Lord, do you want me to help here? The answer right. isn't always yes. But when it is yes, do, do we actually take the time or do we go, I'm too busy? Yeah. Yeah. So Blake, um, this last weekend, you kind of flipped the title of the message in a really interesting and I think profound way. Mm -hmm. um, you. Um, said it um, like, do you care enough to be unhurried rather than unhurried enough to care? Right. Explain the nuance there. Cause that's, I think that's really important. Yeah. I think uh, speaking personally, I can often miss the goal and, and instead look at the steps. And so, you know, the topic for this week is, are we unhurried enough to care? Which I think is excellent. How, how are my time? What's my pace? Um, but for me, I kind of turned it around, like you said, to have the motivating factor be, what is it that I care about in my life? And if I care about the things that God cares about, 
Therefore, my response to that will be, I'm going to choose to do everything I can to slow down so that I because, can, so that I can care for those things. Right. Right. So it's a response to the motivation of the heart rather than trying to accomplish tasks and hoping that I may have a heart change mm-hmm. and it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the driving, uh, you know, lens for the, the story that we told. Same story as you and Titus of, you know, the good Samaritan to look at who stopped, who didn't. Uh, what sort of eyes did those people have? And I think that one of the many truths in that story is that Jesus is saying, when you care about the things that the father cares about, he's helping teach the Pharisee, the motivation is to love people well. And one of the really cool parts that I love about that story that we hit also is the question from the teacher of the law is, who's my neighbor? Mm -hmm. So like, who am I really supposed to love? Mm -hmm. And when and where and how, and we need each other in the spirit of God to do that well. But if you look at the end of that story, Jesus actually turns that around as well mm-hmm. and says, instead of wondering and worrying about who your neighbor is, would you recognize that you are the neighbor? Mm-hmm. And he, he, Jesus' response to the teacher is, who was the neighbor to the man mm-hmm. on the side of the road? Yeah. Which was so good. And so we had a little fun this week and turned it around and, and we got to ask ourselves at our campus, like, what's my motivating factor to slow down? Is it to love well? Is it to look for opportunities rather than am I doing the right things in the right time? And am I doing enough? And am I doing it well? And so it was an, a kind of a fun spin on the same story. You know, I was thinking about um, when you look at that story, a couple of things. Um, this wasn't an emotional moment for the, the Samaritan. He hmm. not only stopped, paused, he, he cared. He, he had the flexibility in his life. Mm-hmm that he'd created so that he could stop or he reprioritized immediately based on what he was seeing. Mm -hmm. He stopped and he took the time. Then he actually even went further, went, took the guy somewhere else. Um, What's interesting there is he didn't think he was the only one. He actually brought somebody else into the care. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we share the care with other people in, in the family of God, then we're still able to continue to function, right? Because, mm. I mean, he still had a job. He had to leave, and then he was going to have to come back. So he cared mm. enough not to be a one-time hit. He cared enough to incorporate somebody else. Yep. He involved other people. Mm. And then he even planned on coming back, but he still had to have a job, right? Because a lot of people are like, I've got a job, so I can't care. Other people are like, I'm going to not have a job so I can just care, mm-hmm. right? He's having to balance all of this in his life. And, and he shows that. And, and so he continued this pattern of care, involved other people. And to really care about people requires time. Mm-hmm. We, we, we talked about this this last week, that um, a relationship requ- with God requires time, mm-hmm. right? This pausing, and Jesus spent time with the Father, often withdrew to pray. He prioritized God to hear from God, to walk with God. Relationship with others requires time. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient. Patience implies time, takes time. Uh, To serve God in meaningful ways, not just emotional one-offs like Mm -hmm. evangelism. And, you know, a discipleship is a class I go to one week rather than time spending with somebody. It's a message I deliver where I can check the box get it all done in one shot, go and and live my life. No, it requires time to really help people grow and understand God and and experience the hands and feet. I remember my dad discipling me, taking my phone calls, meeting me in places, going on trips. He took the time 
that it that required uh, to help me process all the commands of God in my life and then live it out practically. Mm-hmm. And if we're hurried, you know, I, I use that example of C.S. Lewis. You know, if it, if the if uh, the devil can't make us evil, he'll just make us busy, mm-hmm. too busy for the things of God. And uh, and again, where time is so important, we sometimes most Christians don't give time or money. Some Christians want to give money. Time is the most important thing, but it requires that. Mm-hmm. And so, as you're thinking through, Gabe, you know uh, some of the things that we've talked about in this series. What what are some of the things that are like hitting you? Well, I, and I I shared at our at our campus. Um, I think so often the things that I make time for, I make time for them, but I'm not. I'm not mentally there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've physically carved out time in my, in my schedule to do devotionals with my kids every night. Mm. But then I realized this sermon convicted me personally to go, I'm doing devotions. I carved out the time physically, mentally I've checked out because mm-hmm. I want to go to bed. And I, I woke up at 4 a.m. I've done all my things. I've worked, I've provided, I've done, and I just want to go to sleep now. And so I, I had to come to this realization that um, during my devotional time, my kids were asking me these questions about what does Jesus mean by that? And, and why does God do things like that? And how does that work? And what, and some of the questions I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, that's just a silly question. Like, I just almost <laughs> would like be like, I'm just dismissing it. Right. Like that, that question doesn't even make sense, but my kids are genuinely wanting to know about scripture. And I found myself giving them like these canned flippant responses just to pacify the questions. So Cause I you get, wanted to, I want to go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm done. Right. <laughs> I made the time we're doing it. It was, I was checking a box. Right. And so I, I just had to go, okay, I've made the time I've unhurried enough to care, but I'm not truly caring. Mm. And so, um, I had to even just go back and just go, man, I'm going to, I'm going to readdress the things that I've made time for to make sure that I'm truly in prioritizing that time and not just making time for it. Hmm. That's really good. Hmm. That's really good. What, what's one thing that's, as you've been, you know, we're reading the book as a staff, we're walking through this as a staff, that you're preaching through it. What's one thing that really? Yeah, I was, uh, there's a guy who works underneath me and I was telling him, I said, hey, we're reading through this book. I really want you to go ahead and take a day off and retreat. Um, and so he did that and came back and we were in another meeting. And I said, okay, when's the next one? And then a third person in the room said, Titus, when's your next one? <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, I was making sure to take care of him because I thought these mm. are really important things. If, if I'm overseeing someone that they practice and it was just that heart gut check to say, when's mine. And so mine, I planned it. It's coming up in February. I'm going to take a day retreat uh, just to get alone with the Lord. Um, but just that idea that it's not just for me to preach or teach to other people. It's not just the right answer. Cause like you were saying that the lawyer actually has the right answer to love the Lord, your God with all your heart and then love yourself. But then he says, and do this and you will live. Mm -hmm. And so that thought of, okay, if I'm actually loving people as myself, is that a good thing? Cause do I take care of myself well? Mm. And so uh, I'm excited to go meet with the Lord solo. Mm. Mm. That's good. Mm. Blake, what, what's, uh, yeah, I think that, um, it's a great series. I think it's timely <clears throat> as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, me personally. Um, I'm excited for a little bit more of what's to come uh, in the rest of the series. So I'm not going to get into that now. But again, I think some rhythms that we can look at for the model of mm-hmm. Christ gives us solutions um, that God invites us into. So uh, this week in particular, just thinking of what Gabe said too, is am I 
am I willing to go through the design that always, that God has already given in order to be present and unhurried and to actually care? Mm. And for me, that just requires personal discipline and being reminded of that and encouraged when other people in our small group and in our church are saying, you know, much like Titus, how are you doing that well? Yeah. You know, are you, am I being disciplined enough to carve out time to be present, to help, to care, um, not to earn and achieve? And so I've just been really thankful for the practical reality of that, to have discussions that matter, that are real, mm -hmm. that are tangible, like today, you know, with my family and, and even team. And so uh, I don't want to ever get, uh, you know, tired of everyday practical conversation. So, um, I know that one thing I would say that stuck out to me in this conversation too is uh, I do care. I think a lot of us care. I do care about the Lord. I do care about other people, but oftentimes I don't always put that into practice correctly. And so I think we even see that in the story of the Good Samaritan is that, you know, the priest and the Levite, they love the Lord. They care. They're doing what God has called them to do. But yet sometimes I can find myself like them and having a schedule and priorities that are for the Lord and for other people but I still need to learn how to practically apply yeah. that some more. So I'm just excited for that. We get to work it out together. We have a church mm -hmm. that loves people and, you know, I'm just grateful to be a part of a community to work that out. Yeah. You know, you'll, that's that statement of it's, it's easier to drag back the reins on a stallion than drag a dead horse. Mm -hmm. And we have, a, in many ways, we have a stallion church in that, a lot of our people are serving and, but it's so easy to fall into working for the Lord rather than with him and by yeah. his strength and his wisdom. That's what this next week is going to be about is what does it look like to, to go through a world where there's struggle and, and rest in the Lord. And so I'm looking forward to that. I think one thing that is for all of us who are, disciple makers and we're all disciple makers every one of us every christian is called to be a disciple and to make a disciple it's being out of the being is the doing um and uh, this kind of idea especially hit me in africa you cannot give pure water out of a poisoned well mm -hmm. or a bitter well um if you're not uh pressing into the Lord and, and staying connected to him, then what you're giving um, doesn't satisfy. It doesn't, doesn't help. It doesn't, if you know, and so what does it look like to abide, press in, not just, you know, with the right ideas, but to pause and to live a life of balance and to have your, your own house in order um, in such a way that, what you give really actually comes from the Lord. The world does not need more of me. I am not the hero. You guys are not the heroes. The Lord doesn't need, the world doesn't need more of us. The world needs him. Mm -hmm. And how do we stay connected to the light so we, we actually give light? How do we stay connected to the pure water so that what comes out of us is pure water? And, and in a world that's so busy and harried and, I mean, I, you know, so active and so addicted and what does it look like to walk at the pace of Jesus? Because he can do in five minutes what it takes us five years to do. And if he's not for it, it will never happen. And uh, so 
I really appreciate you guys. And, you know, we're going to be doing this from here on out, going through the messages. And it's, again, the podcast is called Overtime. And uh, uh, I just want you to know that uh, what what's preached here is discussed and there I love multiple views I have on the on the team older believers younger believers men and women now obviously you know women teach women and they don't participate in preaching on Sunday but we have women godly women in that group who are giving us godly counsel on the things that women are dealing with the wisdom that comes from God's partners in our homes and in our church our ladies and we are blessed with so many amazing godly women in our church who have so much uh, to share. And so it's always fun. And from time to time, they'll be involved here with us in, in over time as well. So I uh, appreciate you guys doing what you're doing and uh, praying for you. And God bless you. See you next week.